Welcome everybody to the Art City Paranormal Podcast. I am Kyle, your tour guide through the weird, and I welcome you back once again. I welcome you back if this is if this is a, a returning trip for you. If it's your first time here, thanks a lot for giving us a shot, giving me a shot as I try to entertain you for the next uh, hour or so. Some paranormal oddities and some rambling that I tend to do. If you've been here before, you know I am easily distracted by shiny objects. And I appreciate you sticking sticking with me and uh, putting up with the rambling that I have. It is Friday. It is Friday morning of a week where I usually try to get you a podcast on Thursday afternoons. So I'm almost a full 24 hours behind. I've got a good excuse, though. I, I mean, school started this week. So, I mean, maybe that's a valid excuse. And I have kids that are in school, but I am in school. And a bunch of my free time got taken up by trying to wrap my head around being back to learning and having to do papers and reading and reading about things I'm being forced to read about, not reading about things that entertain me, like what we'll talk about today. <laughs> Today's episode, we've actually, uh, I feel like we got some good stuff. Hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. We're going to talk about, um, you know, we've got, we've done a lot on cryptozoology. It seems like the past couple episodes. So here today, we've got dogmen. We're going to talk about that. Uh, super popular in Michigan. I don't know why centered around Michigan for some reason, dogmen, uh, and then the curse of King Tut. I'm going to spend a bunch of time on that. I just found it insanely interesting. The curse of, of the people that entered that tomb and, and what happened in subsequent years to everybody like attached to that archeological dig when they found that tomb. So we'll talk about that. And then actually iHeartRadio must be working because we have emails again. If you've listened to the show at any amount of time, but I've had inquiries personally from folks, you know, what happened to the email? Like, why don't you, why don't you interact with anybody anymore? Um, it wasn't by choice. The, the emails like stopped and I couldn't understand why I actually, we've had more than one conversation away from the podcast about where the hell the emails went. Like, where did the traction go that we seemed like we were getting with everybody that wanted to listen to us and chime in and give us their thoughts. Uh, apparently we just need a new venue, which I sincerely appreciate. So I've got, a, I've got email again, emails are back. So I'm excited about that. It was cool to see those come back. And like I said, here we are at episode 25, episode 25 of the art city paranormal podcast. Um, if you're wherever you're listening to us, Hit the subscribe button so you can listen to us again. And then I just creepily show up in your phone or your listening device. We're also, uh, like I said, we're on iHeartRadio now. So if you're listening to us there, thanks a lot for giving us a try. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can stick around and I can show up in your phone creepily as well. Or if you're already using iHeartRadio and maybe you listen to us on something else, maybe we can save you some room in your phone and you're already using iHeartRadio. So just switch over to listen to us on iHeartRadio. Just look for us. Arch City Paranormal. Should be able to find us and subscribe there. So yeah, it's been an interesting week so far. 
I didn't expect it to be this busy or, or I didn't expect to be trying to rumble and ramble my way through a podcast, probably even more so than usual. Um, ended up with a bunch of stuff for school. I did not expect the first week to be that hectic where I just did not have time to sit down and do this. And when like we sit down and do it, like, you know, it takes, try to keep the ones where I'm by myself, uh, to an hour. So then though, but I do the hour and then there's a lot of these ums that you don't hear or these long pauses where I'm trying to think of what I want to say next that get edited out. So it takes, you know, an hour to do it. It takes like another hour to edit it and put in the, the cool music and that, that kind of, that kind of stuff. I think it's cool. I like our bumper music. Don't you? I think it did okay with that. It's stuck. I haven't got complaints on it. So I'm taking that as a positive. I'm taking that as you enjoy it and that it, you don't hate it. So it's stuck. But anyhow, to stick in the the music and then the other stuff, like maybe we come up with a Google this, you know, edit that in, you know, none of that stuff's done live. Uh, so that takes like another hour and then it's like another half an hour to make sure that the formatting's correct. Um, upload it, that type of thing, or, come, or to come up with, you know, the cool little paragraph that you've got there in your description, which will now start to include all these links that I'm talking about. I found out how to do that. I'm learning. I mean, we're only 25 episodes in. You figure I had to figure it out by now, but no, no, not so much. So yeah, it's been a busy week. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's been a busy week. Just didn't expect it to snowball like that to get that quick. So I need to plan a little bit better. It's easier to sit down uh, midweek and get this knocked out and then have like a day or so where it's like, okay, that's the podcast I want to get it out. But if you happen to be listening to this on September, what is it? Four. Yeah, September 4th, I literally recorded it this morning. Yeah. So if it's a little more disjointed than usual, and it's maybe not the comedic disjointed of, oh, Kyle, he's so silly, he can't get his shit together. That is why. Because literally, I I knew what we were going to cover. Like, I always sort of go in and I have an idea of, okay, these are the couple things I want to talk about. Uh, pleasantly surprised, like I said, because I checked the email today and, and they were there. If you would like to contact us, and you can ask anything. Ask anything at all. Be happy to answer it regarding the paranormal or the group or the podcast, whatever you like. Send us an email, archcityparanormal at gmail.com, or you can message us through any one of the social media contacts that we have. Uh, the easiest way to get those, just go to archcityparanormal.com. They're all linked there. You can click and you can talk to us however you want. But, uh, so yeah, it was interesting to find the email. So it's like, Ooh, okay. There's probably another 15 minutes of show. I don't have to worry about filling. I could, I could talk about this stuff. (laughs) So yeah, I usually have the general idea, like what topic I want to talk about or just sort of like a general direction, not this rambling, like the first 15 minutes every show is literally me sitting here staring at the computer screen 
and uh, rambling at you like what happened this week or or whatever. College football, we are getting some college football. I was able to see a little bit of that yesterday, which I was cool about. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. My Celtics are in the playoffs. They're doing well. Lost last night. Half a second to go on the clock, up by two, and you lose. A little disappointing, uh, to say the least. But it's cool. Still up 2-1 in the series. I'm not going to bore everybody with sports. I know I talk about them. I try to limit it to the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets aren't playing anymore because they were eliminated from the uh, NHL playoffs. Moment of silence. Should have done that last week. Now that I think about it, I just didn't mention it. I was so salty. I was so salty that last week that they lost. I just didn't want to talk about it. I was not even going to. I'm not going to touch it. Just leave it alone. Nice sore spot. I don't want to rip that scab off. So, yeah, NHL playoffs are still going on. I'm just trying not to pay attention to them because the jackets are out. NBA, though, the Celtics are doing okay. Didn't I just say I wasn't going to talk about sports because I didn't want to bore you? And yet, here we are. Mm. Yeah. So, anyhow, episode 25, Dogmen, the Curse of King Tut. The, the Curse of King Tut, I found super interesting. Plus a little conspiracy theory twist on the back end of it that I found out yesterday as I was doing a little bit of my research. Like I said, I come up, I sort of have an idea, like even today, like when I finished this episode, I already sort of in my head like, okay, maybe I'll talk about this and this next week. Like we've done a lot of UFO stuff. So this week it's like no no UFO stuff. And I know we've touched on crypt, uh, cryptozoology the past couple episodes, but we not really got into something. Um, we did a little bit. Uh, well, no, I guess we did Goatman last episode, didn't we? So there I go. I'm just, I'm, I see there I'm rambling. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> okay, so next week. There will be no cryptozoology. We'll eliminate it altogether. Maybe we'll come up with another conspiracy theory. And maybe we'll go straight paranormal ghost story kind of stuff. I've got some stuff that was sent to me um, by a couple listeners, some ghost stories that I was kind of trying to hang on to until I had some other folks in the, here in the Arch City studio with me. Uh, but it's such a nightmare. You know, one of the emails that we got that I wasn't going to read, but I'll actually talk about it even before we get there. Because here we're in the first, you know, 15 minutes of the show, and that's what I do is I ramble. One of the emails that I got specifically asked me, where is everybody else? Why are you doing this? Where Where is everyone else? Uh, because let's face it, I think the shows are better when we have everybody on. So I'm with you. Uh, if you're of that opinion, you know, when we've got... Uh, Allison here and Mike here, you know, tease in and, and, and Rachel's here and they all can sort of chime in and we bounce ideas off each other. We laugh at each other like idiots and we do the, we do podcast beers and stuff like that. I think those are better shows. I really do. I would be more than happy to do podcast beers by myself. However, that's a sign of alcoholism. So yeah. Anyway, I guess I could just do podcast beers by myself. Then try to explain to T when she got home. Like, why are you drunk on a Thursday at two in the afternoon? It's podcast day, babe. I mean, I could sell that, right? 
I mean, that's like a valid reason, right? I mean, am I drinking alone if I've got you? I mean, we get a bunch of downloads, probably more than what we deserve, to be perfectly honest. If we're just me sitting here babbling at you. So am I drinking alone? I mean, I really am drinking alone. I mean, really the only, I mean, Boone's here. I can't give my dog beer. Because I'm not 20 and I don't live in a frat house. But yeah, that's kind of like drinking alone. Like Boone's, he's a, he's a hell of a companion. Um, but yeah, that's still drinking alone. I think probably to not, for it not to be considered drinking alone, they probably have to be the same species. It's like, you know, getting hammered with your iguana is still probably like borderline alcoholism, right? Yeah, 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 yeah that's fair. So anyway, yeah, I got, I got that question. You know, where is everybody? Like, why, why are you doing this by yourself? Why is this like episode two where you were bumbling through it? with a crappy headset on and the show sounded terrible. Why are we back to this? Why are we back to just Kyle in my ear, you know, on my morning run when I should be listening to, to Allison make Kyle sound stupid and T asking good questions and Mike and Kyle laughing. It's just, why are, why am I subjected to this hour? of just Kyle babbling at me. So, so here's the story. It is insanely difficult to, to manage all of our schedules and get us together. Uh, it is, it's hard already for investigations for art city. When we schedule those, there's always at least two or three swings at a date. Like, you know, okay, can we do this? No, somebody can't do it. Like, damn. All right. Well, can we do this? No, no, I can't do it. I, I'm over here. No, we can't do it. You know? So, I mean, just this, we have an, we have a, a private residence investigation coming up tomorrow, actually uh, top secret. I can't say where it's at or who it's with. Um, once we're there, if they feel like they're comfortable with us going live or something, you might catch us on Facebook, but there won't be any like identifying it would have to be something pretty, pretty cool for me to capture or feel like I'm going to capture for me to go live to put ourselves in that situation. But anyway, we have one coming up, uh, tomorrow, uh, September 5th that we settled on that we were going to do. It's a friend of a friend. The arch basically cut out all the residential investigations right now. So that's how we got it. Friend of a friend. We settled on doing it back in Jeez, I want to say it was June. It may have even been May. But between other investigations, stuff going on, you know, the usual, and then, you know, you've got daily life stuff, and then everybody else is into other stuff as well. And then you have to, of course, schedule around the resident in a, in a residential investigation. So yeah, like we're going to do an investigation tomorrow that was settled upon back in I, at least June. I want to say it was may, but it's just insanely difficult to get us all together at the same time. So when we had those episodes, 
we, we had that really good string of episodes where it was all what, you know, we, and I, I love those. I love being able to sit here. It's my favorite thing to be able to sit here. Cause you know, when I get off of one of those tangents, you know how I am. If you've listened to this, if you've listened to more than one episode, I'm exactly the same way as when someone's here, except it's just even worse because typically I've had the podcast beer and then it's like, Ooh, it's shiny. And then we're off over here somewhere. Oh, wow. Look at this. It's just the way it goes. I get completely distracted. And those make, I think make for the best shows because we end up talking about things that aren't remotely paranormal or conspiracy theory, like, or anything like that. And we come up with the best stuff because we're just, we all genuinely like each other. and We like to hang out. And I think without any direct confirmation, I think that's what you guys like too. So I completely understand that this is not the best show. I appreciate you listening. Our best shows are coming. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's why, uh, there's no, um, I'm not sure what the word would be conscious decision in production of this podcast to leave the rest of the team out. If it were up to me, we would have eight mics running in the studio. Literally everybody would be sitting here staring at me, asking me why I've rambled now for 16 minutes into the show, discussed nothing. Like, oh, well, you talked about, you know, we have a residential investigation coming up tomorrow that we're not supposed to talk about. You've talked about it. Good job, Kyle. Thumbs up. Way to go. Fantastic leadership. Yeah, I do my best. So, yeah, that's why. And that was an email I wasn't going to talk about, but there you go. Topical. It was Topical. So we covered that. <laughs> what should we do? Should we start with emails? I don't want to start with emails. I feel like everybody enjoys emails. So it's like something I want to wait on. What do we do? What do we do? Email. Let's just do email and get it over with. Da, da, da. Do I even have email music? I don't think I have email music. Maybe that's what I do next. I come up with email music. You think? I could do it. Yeah. I like the Google this music. <clears throat> I, I, that almost the, actually the Google, this music was almost the show like bumper music intro at uh, intro outro stuff. Yeah. Again, Kyle on a tangent emails. <laughs> I'm really glad everybody's uh, staying in contact with the show. If you want to get your thoughts on the show, feel free to message us through one of our social medias and you can find all of those at archcityparanormal.com or just shoot us an email directly at archcityparanormal at gmail.com. I've stuck with Gmail just to make it simple instead of doing, I don't know, podcast at archcityparanormal.com. 
It's Gmail. Everybody has Gmail. It's super easy. It's already on your phone. You don't even have to remember it. Just archcityparanormal at gmail.com. And maybe you too could be included after 20 minutes of Kyle rambling on a podcast. And we could ask your question and I could give you a half-assed answer. So anyway, first email, (laughs) first email comes from uh, Brooke. Brooke says, uh, or asks, I should say, I'm out of practice with this. Brooke asks, where are you guys going? That's a big name place like Waverly Hills. Um, simple question, easy answer. We have two really good ones coming up in October. We are going back to prospect place, which everybody on the team is super excited about. Mike hasn't been there before, so he's pumped, but we're going back to prospect place. Um, in, is it Trenway? Is it Trenway? I should probably know that, shouldn't I? But it was our first, the, the cool thing about it is, is as arch city, as a, as an entity, that was our first like official air quotes, official investigation. That's like a, where we went the very first time when we had like the, the team, we weren't real sure that this was going to be the team, but let's see how people do. And, and so we went to prospect place. We had a great time there, uh, caught some cool stuff. So it's, it's exciting for us to get to go back. We'd be excited anyway, but it just, it's sort of, it's a special, it holds a special place in the heart of, of arch city. Uh, so we're going back there. And like I said, Mike's never been there before, so he's pumped. Uh, I come to think of it, Matt has never been there before either. Our camera guy, he's never been there um, before. So, yeah, two noobs going back. There. I shouldn't say noobs. Both those guys have been on investing. Well, they're new there. It's new to them, as someone would say with their their new to you used car. Anyway. So yeah, uh, prospect place in October and then in November, someplace that we've always, uh, wanted to go. We're going to the Bel Air house in West Virginia, uh, close to Moundsville there. If you're familiar at all with the area. So we're going to, uh, we've got prospect place in October and then the Bel Air house in November. Super pumped about that. Uh, and probably a couple in between, uh, like this residential this weekend, but again, I'm not supposed to talk about that, and I've already talked about it now for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 23 minutes into the show. I'm halfway into the show. I've not covered a damn thing. How do I do that? And then everybody wonders, and then, and then, I, then I have like people on the team, like, why when we get together and we do these shows, you know, you can do a show in an hour. Why when we get together and we do shows, they're, they're like two and a half hours? Because of this. I'm bad enough on my own heading off on a tangent. I get everybody else in the room. We start cracking jokes and there's drink beer drinking going on. So anyway, email number two, this one's from Doug. Doug asks, uh, my uncle passed away in January. I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. Doug, my uncle passed away in January. He's been in a, He's been in a few of my dreams lately. Is he trying to talk to me? This is when I wish I had Rachel sitting here. In my experience, he could very well be trying to communicate with you. It could also be something latent in your head where you're wanting to communicate with him. 
and it could not, it might not be paranormal whatsoever, but that's me. And that's how I look at stuff. So that's probably why it's better. If we had another opinion here, my, my opinion is it could, it could be both and whatever feeling you're having yourself is probably the answer. And I know that's, that's almost like a non-answer. And I apologize for sounding so much like a politician. The, your feeling, what I've learned lately is that we're open to this stuff. Anybody, everyone is to some varying degree. I believe all humans are open to this type of communication, open to some level of psychic ability, uh, some level of, of, uh, spirit communication, every human you, you ever come in contact with. Now you have hardcore skeptics that believe they're skeptics that get those feelings and that they just pass them off as that's weird. That's strange. And then move on with their day, which is where I used to be. I really want, I, and that's honestly now, you know, now I have a, a paranormal group and I, I talk on this podcast every week and, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm headed way toward the other end, but then there's other people that we know that are to the point where they could, they could legitimately be called a medium where they can communicate with these individuals in this way. And it's just a varying range, a spectrum of nothing to, to full on radio dialed in, picking up every HD communication that you can have. So my opinion is, if whatever you believe, whatever you're inclined to believe is probably the direction and and you sending you taking the time out of your day to shoot me, this email leads me to believe that you do believe it's him trying to communicate with you for some reason. I would explore that delve into it somehow. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been able to lucid dream or to control your dreams in any way. Uh, I remember normally it's when, I have a nightmare and I'm able to snap myself, you know, into consciousness to the point where I can tell myself, Hey, this is a dream chill. Like everything's cool. You know, this is a dream. And then you can sort of manipulate your surroundings at that point. If you can do that, if you're aware enough uh, to do that, when he appears, I suggest it and trying to gather whatever evidence you need or whatever information you need to, to get from him to convey to someone else or to yourself to answer those questions. You know, if you were emailing me and saying, I've seen my uncle in my dream, what does it mean? I think that's obviously a much broader question. But the way you, you've, you've worded this, like specifically asking, is he trying to talk to me, leads me to believe that that's how you feel. So that's probably the way you need to explore that. If you can, it's difficult. And I understand. It's very, it's difficult when you're not sure exactly what's going on or what could happen? Just remember that it's it's a relative. There's something in both of you 
most likely that needs some answers. So just explore it as best you can. But like I said, the, the way you've worded this leads me to believe that you're already, you already have a feeling on, on, on what's going on. So anyway, <clears throat> so anyhow, it's not Corona. Yeah, it's, it's not Corona. It's just, it's earlier in the day than uh, that I, that I record this. <laughs> I just thought, you know, you've like coughed off mic like four or five times now. Like, what are you doing? Got the Rona. No, I wear my mask. Stay the fuck away from people. I covered this, remember? Yeah. So anyway, emails and our last email. Why do I print everything out? I don't know. I'm like a, I'm a tactile person. I should have it all on the computer screen organized. It's got to be a better way to go instead of killing trees. But here I am. Anyhow. Clay. Clay writes, he says, um, it's all, it's all but certain UFOs and ETSs are all ETSs. He capitalized that and I'm a moron. So it's all but certain UFOs and ETs extraterrestrials for those following along at home are real. Why haven't they just made contact with us? Why don't they just talk to a national government and begin a dialogue? It seems like that would be a way that would be way easier than all these sightings and hiding. I agree. I completely agree. However, it sounds like you want an opinion. Like, why don't they just talk to us? Why, why don't they, why don't they just make contact? And I get it. I get it. It's a little frustrating because you read these stories or, you know, you listen to this podcast and we have, you know, this sighting over here and that sighting. And now we've got, you know, the United States government has come out and said, well, these are, what, what do they call them? All off world. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> Let me reposition the mic there. The, the United States government is calling them or their craft off world vehicles. What? It's a fucking UFO. End of story. It's a UFO. Anyway, don't even get me started on that. They're UFOs. Just call them what they are. The, the, see, the, the U.S. government's having a real hard time calling them what they are because they've now they've spent 70-some-odd years telling us that they were fucking weather balloons. So to now come out and say, hey, UFOs are real, they've got a real issue with it. So anyway, the my opinion on why we don't have a formal uh, dialogue with extraterrestrial life being that it's pretty obvious that they visited more than once and have been watching us for quite a long time. Um, what is pretty simple. Uh, would you talk to us? I mean, seriously, turn on your television and take a step back. And we've all heard the, if, if you listened you heard my conspiracy theory on the media media manipulation. So take that out of it. Just look at literally just look at video of how absolutely stupid the human race is. It does nationality. 
it doesn't it does not matter top to bottom top to bottom humans as a species are dumb so dumb crazy dumb and ridiculously violent for basically no reason so would you talk to us i mean even if you had a weapon that you knew we posed no threat whatsoever would you would you even bother seriously here 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 you go here this is here here you go i got i've got a great analogy for you let's say you went out for your daily walk you're trucking along and you come up to a dog park in this dog park are dogs because that's where they should be there's let's say for example there's 10 dogs in this dog park pretty big area they're they're there you're on this side of the fence you're safe you have absolutely no fear of of any of these animals there's 10 dogs in there no owners you can't see any owners anywhere so there's nobody in control it's just these dogs out of these 10 dogs six of them are fighting out of those six two of them are what appears to be locked in a death match and then the other four are roaming around aimlessly and one looks like it's probably on its last leg and you're not real sure why it's at the dog park to begin with. So here's these six over here fighting. Two of those, like I said, are locked in a, a death match. Clearly violent. There's another three roaming around that could probably be just as violent at any point in time. And then you've got another one that looks as if it may have a communicable disease that you're not going to go touch it. Would you go into the dog park? Would you walk into the dog park unarmed? Even if you were armed, who the hell wants to kill a dog if you're safe on this side of the fence? I think that's exactly where extraterrestrials are. I think that is precisely where they're at. They're standing outside the fence. They're looking at this dog park and they're thinking to themselves, what in the hairy fuck is going on? Why? Where are the owners? Why are these dogs allowed to just roam free? Like, why are they? What? What are they fighting about? What's wrong with that one? And at any point in time, these other these other three, they're waiting to attack me as soon as I walk through the fence. Would you go in to the dog park? No. Hell no. No. Nobody in their right mind's going to walk in there. Even if they're armed, like I said, even if they're armed and they could easily fight off the animal with a loaded weapon, whatever. Whatever. And and before it even now that emails are started back again, I just preface it. No one's can I I love dogs. I would gladly kill a person before I would kill a dog. So don't send me that email. Don't comment on Facebook or wherever the hell else you're going to comment at. I'm not condoning the killing of animals. This is an analogy. And that's how adults operate to convey a point. Okay, so that out of the way. Who the hell wants to shoot a dog? Especially 
if you're to the point where you don't care enough to mess with it anyway, why waste the ammo? Why even, why even go through the fence and have to waste your ammo when you could just stay out here on the sidewalk while they're safely locked away behind chain link and you don't have to worry about it. They can see you. They know you're there. Why bother going in? Why bother? It serves no purpose whatsoever. And I think that is exactly where we are with extraterrestrials. I think that is exactly where we're at. Who the hell wants to mess with it? Who would want to come down here and try to untangle this mess? We're literally arguing amongst each other for no reason whatsoever. I'm sure they can't understand it. They're probably they're they're probably looking down right now wondering why are the why are the like why 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 would they hate each other? Like they're all the same. What why I don't understand. They could have done so much better with themselves. Society could be at such a a, a much higher point if they would have just figured out how to work together and quit working against each other. Here we are. What are we going to do? I mean, I I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't walk into that dog park. Maybe you're of a different opinion. But I think what we're dealing with is, is or are life forms that are clearly just by the, just by judging the vehicles that they're traveling around space in, they're clearly more intelligent than we are. So with that intelligence has to become, has to, has to come some type of pragmatism to the point where, you know, they're, they're an interesting animal, but I don't want to touch one, at least not one that I can't sneak up on. And then they pull them onto the ship and, you know, according to those abduction stories, you get the old anal probe. Why is it always the anal probe? Where did that, why? That, I mean, if, do you think about how intelligent they are? That's what leads me to believe that a lot of those abduction stories that where they specifically talk about the anal probe. That's just bullshit. Complete and total bullshit. Why there? They know, they're intelligent enough to know where our brain is located like where we operate from based solely on skeletal structure. The only thing, the only organ that we have in our entire anatomy that's completely encapsulated in bone is our brain. You know, obviously with your ribs, you, you know, you have your, your solar plex, but you, there's, there's access to the heart or lungs. So clearly based solely on rudimentary biology. They know where the brain's at. They're going through your nose. They're going through your nose or your ear, not your ass. It just seems like it was a weird Pornhub story that spun out of control that nobody really wanted to talk about. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I mean, why else? Why else would they do that? Why would they, why? No sense whatsoever. 
I don't understand. I just kind of, I kind of think that maybe somebody was kind of into it, you know, and that, Hey, if that's what you're into, good for you. Fantastic. We've covered that before. If it doesn't, if it's consensual, it doesn't involve kids and it doesn't involve animals. You go do whatever the fuck you want to do. I'm fine with it. Go have a great time. Throw pillows and Vaseline and whatever else you're going to do. But it just seems like it was somebody was into it. And that's what they came up with. Because this, these, these beings, these beings didn't engineer a spacecraft, a spacecraft that could travel at the speeds that it could travel at across the galaxies galaxies let's plural let's pluralize that because at the point now where we're exploring space we can see we can see to know that we're pretty fucking sure that it's they're going to be at least a couple galaxies away if there is this intelligent life that's visiting us so they've engineered these vehicles to travel this far and they've been studying us now for 70 some odd years and it wasn't until mid 80s or so where we started to get those those stories about the anal the anal probe. Come on, man. Come on. Just come on. I feel like somebody was into it. So they just rolled with it. And it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. I say with confidence on a paranormal podcast. <laughs> I like irony, don't you? I enjoy it. It's good. Okay. Babbled along for almost 45 minutes. Not covered a damn thing. Except the emails. Really appreciate the emails, though. Uh, hopefully, uh, Clay, that somehow answered your question before I got off on that tangent right there. I sincerely appreciate each of you uh, sending an email to the show. Uh, email us artcityparanormal at gmail.com or you can message us on any of our social media just go to artcityparanormal.com there's links there shoot us a thought a question a story a ghost story would love that would love to read those like i said i've got a couple that that have been submitted before that i've just been hanging on to those are gonna those are gonna come out soon so yeah go ahead hit us up oh much time? I like 20 minutes. I don't want to cut anything. I don't want to cut anything, but we're like 45 minutes in. I really want to stick to that hour. Let's see where we go. Here we go. Cryptozoologists say mysterious canine shot in Montana is the dog man. Now this is from two, this story is from 2018. If you've never heard of the dog man before, let me give you a real quick rundown. The Michigan dog man, which is where the story apparently originates. If I, I went back and did a little bit of research, the oldest story I could find was the, the Michigan dog man. And that was in the 1800s. And I'll quote uh, from this article for you real quick. Uh, the beast has been on the minds of Michigan, Michiganders. Is that really what they call themselves? 
Don't get off on a tangent. Stick to the story. The beast, the, the, the beast has been on the minds of Michiganders for the last 130 years, starting in 1887. That's when two lumberjacks saw a creature they describe as having a man's body and a dog's head. According to legend, the dog man appears to humans in a 10 year cycle that falls on years ending in the number seven. So we've got seven years. Uh, it'll be, so it's 2027 before we see the dog man in Michigan again. So early reports are usually of men working in the woods who encountered this beast during their time there. And then over the years, a lot of times it's people who are again alone, either on an isolated road or in the woods by themselves. Their encounters are very similar, though. They do talk about this beast coming out of the woods, <clears throat> very agile. It jumps in front of their car or in front of them. It snatches at their houses or their tents. What? That's got to be that's got to be a, a typo. It scratches. It's got to be scratches at their houses or their tents. So yeah. See, a lot of times when I read this stuff, I feel like an idiot because I'm not reading it correctly. Because I'll stumble over words and stuff because I'm trying to make sure I get it out correctly to you. But then there's articles like this that make me sound like an idiot. It snatches at their houses or their tents. No, that's got to be scratches. But it completely doesn't fit in that thought, does it? Again, another tangent. Sorry. Dogmen. Some say the existence of dogmen was proven in what's known as the Gable film. Mike Agrusa was a young boy in the 1970s when he supposedly captured the video depicting what appears to be a dogman during a northern Michigan vacation. Since the viral video was released, Agrusa has admitted that it was a hoax. But this hasn't... Con- this hasn't convinced dedicated dogman believers though. So the one video they had been documented as a hoax. Anyway, Clark's uh, for a long time, there were stories of large cats in Michigan that were sort of dismissed. And now we have cougar sightings. There's been quite a few in the last few months. So I'm saying that there's a dogman that's going to show up. So I'm not saying that there's a dogman that's going to show up. However, who knows what's living in the forest of Michigan? And that's a, a filmmaker there uh, with that quote. So, so yeah, a, a man's body, a dog's head. It goes back to 1887. Now, cryptozoologists say mysterious canine shot in Montana is the dog man. Now, there's these there's pictures here, and I've never seen a dog like this before. And we'll link it in our um, description this week because, like I said, I know how to do that now. Anyway. So I'll throw this, I'll make sure to throw uh, this link in there. And this story is from June of 2018. Um, And I'll just, we'll run through the article real quick and you'll have your info. A few weeks ago, a rancher in Montana shot a wolf-like creature that was encroaching on his livestock. However, the creature remains unidentified by local authorities, leading to some to speculate whether the cryptid may be the mythical dog man or simply a wolf-dog hybrid. This dude is big. He's laying on the uh, bed of a truck, a tailgate of a truck, and literally from nose to about halfway through its tail is laid out on this. This is a big animal, and it does not look like any dog. I mean, I know wolves get big. This looks this looks bigger than a wolf, and it's not colored that way. Animal experts quickly noticed a number of anomalies that ruled out the animal as a purebred wolf, including paws that were too small, but with abnormally large claws. 
ears that were too big, canine teeth that were too short, and a strange fur coat. These paws, these paws are enormous. And I, these are too small for the for a wolf? Ooh, Lord. Yeah, you guys got to go check this out. You're listening right now. If you go into the description, uh, this here will be the first link. I'll put a note. Put this down as link one. So this will be the first link in the description of this show. So you guys can go see these pics before you go on and read the other stuff. According to Montana wildlife experts, the animal was a non-lactating female believed to be some type of hybrid Though nothing conclusive could be recorded, the creature's carcass was sent to a lab in Bozeman where tissue samples could be collected and later examined by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, it looks like something out of a movie. When they look at the head, like this is a big girl. It looks like something out of a movie. For real, the report states that it should theoretically take a week to analyze the DNA. We don't care about that. In the meantime, cryptozoologists believe the animal may finally be a specimen of the dogmen mentioned in multiple reports and credible sources. Now, if this thing stood up um, on its hind legs, it could probably be six to seven feet tall. I mean, it's a big animal. Dating back to the 1800s, accounts of upright walking canines have been reported across North America. Much like werewolves, dogmen have features that appear to be a mix of human, dog, and wolf. Witnesses often compare their size to that of a bear, reaching up to seven feet when standing erect. In, com- in comparison, gray wolves typically grow to only around five feet. The history of dogmen dates far back into ancient Greece, where the creatures were given a name. I can't pronounce it. C-Y-N-O-C-E-F-H-A-I-L-I. Cynocephali? It sounds like a disease. The alleged race was described in the writings of Marco Polo, who claimed to have come across an entire island of the anthropomorphic canines before supposedly initiating trade deals with them. Also, they were intelligent. They could speak English. They are predominantly, they are prominently featured in the works of art ranging in medieval pieces to depictions of St. Christopher in the Eastern Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox church in Egypt. The God Anubis is consistently depicted as a human body with the head of a dog. So yeah, there you go. Again, we'll put this into the first link dogma. And some of the stories that I've heard about dogmen were, much like goat man that it was some type of dna experiment done by the cia in an effort to create a super soldier i've read that as well uh one thing to uh one thing to note here i cannot find an article where they talk about the dna results if someone does please email the show I would love to hear uh, what those DNA tests came out because this was 2018. They should have easily gotten some type of answer now unless they're purposely not putting it out, which would be interesting, right? ArchCityParanormal at gmail.com. ArchCityParanormal at gmail.com. Easy to remember. Yeah, send a link there. I'd be super interested in that. But anyway, yes, uh, CIA DNA manipulation 
much like goat man, which is what made me think of covering dog men this week. So yeah, possibly that as well. But of course there, there was no CIA in 1887. So clearly that, that angle, not true. So anyway, the God Anubis and Egyptian God Anubis segues nicely into our next story. King Tut's curse. Has anybody ever heard of this? Basically what this is are the folks that uncovered King Tut's tomb. A bunch of them died (laughs) very simply nutshell. That's what happened. A bunch of them died. Uh, More than 20 people linked to the opening of, Tutankhamun's burial chamber in Luxor in 1923 died in bizarre circumstances. Six of those were in London, which also factors in neatly later on, and we'll get to it. Okay, so to sort of set the stage, it's 1922. Uh, this guy, Howard Carter, is in the desert in Egypt, and he's been digging around. He can't find shit. He's been there for like two years. And his, uh, his financer, George Herbert, back in London... He has to call him up again. He doesn't call him. He like sends a telegraph because it's 1922. But he calls him up and says, look, you know, I need more money. And and Herbert tells him, look, I'm going to go ahead and send you some cash. But this is it. Like, if you don't find anything now, you're going to need to, you know, pack up the whole pack up the whole thing. Get your ass back to London. We got to figure something else out. Of course, Carver at this point or excuse me, Carter at this point is freaking out because this is his whole life. I mean, he's an archaeologist. You know, find something here after you know this type of financing and this type of uh, project. Like, really, his whole career could go down the drain here if he doesn't find something. And the best part about this whole story is Carter's not the one that finds Tut's tomb. Okay, so they're out there in the middle of the desert. Obviously, these workers they need you know water. There's things that they need, so they hired people locally to help take care of them. So there's a kid who's been fetching water. Right. So he's bumbling through the desert to bring the, bring the water to the workers. He trips and falls down when he falls down. He accidentally dislodges some rocks and he notices, well, there's something under there. So he goes and he takes a look and he sees steps, stairs going down and he's like, Whoa, you know, he freaks out, you know, runs and gets, you know, Dr. Carter, Dr. Carter, you know, come look at this. So they go. And they, they see, and they're like, well, this kid's not, you know, because initially they're thinking this kid's, well, this kid's just lost his damn mind, whatever. So they go and they check it out. It's sure enough, there under these rocks appears to be steps. So they start digging, obviously, because that's what they're there to do. Eventually, they open up a hole large enough that they can walk down these steps. And Carter and a couple other dudes go down and they find this sealed door. It's sealed with mud with all these carvings on the outside of it. Um, a warning, you know, anybody who enters here, you know, death beyond you or whatever. We'll get into that in a second. So the, he begins to think to himself, holy shit, we've done it. We've actually found something here. So he gets in touch with Herbert and he tells him, hey, look, you know, thank you so much for sending that cash because it panned out. I just found something. I think it's going to be amazing. It's unbelievable. We're getting ready to cut into it. And Herbert says, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. 
I want to be there when you open this door. So that's what happens. A couple weeks later, because it's 1922, coming from London to, to Egypt, it obviously it takes them a minute. So it's a couple weeks later. They go down in. Uh, they poke a hole in the door first. And then that's where the famous quote comes from. Herbert asks him, you know, can you see anything? Can you see anything? And, and Carter holds his candle up to the, the small hole that they've made. I see wonderful things. It's one of those an archaeological lore one of those so the the tut's dead now this is like three thousand years later they finally get into his tomb and you know they find wonderful things unbelievable egyptian artifacts to now document and that they can sell because that's what you did back then and uh take back to london and herbert can make his money back and he was he's already an earl He's the fifth Earl of Carnarvon, Carnarvon. So he's already loaded anyway. But anyhow, so there's all these people that died. So in the tomb, there are uh, inscribed in different spot in different spots warnings about death and destruction upon all who dared disturb the eternal slumber of King Tut. And it was on November 26, 1922, that they opened that tomb. And supposedly this curse was released. And like, you know, any other urban legend or media sensation, you alleged curse grew to like epic proportions over the years. And nine very notable people died. Now, the the dude that financed it all, Herbert, he died. Okay. Um, he died while well, he, he scratched a mosquito bite while shaving and ended up dying of blood poisoning which was interesting. And then that was the first, the first time it really got the, the a death was attributed to, Oh, maybe there really is this curse. They also have to remember that this is 1920s London and the media is just outrageous about playing anything up that they can. So that, that of course they played up like, Oh, this is the mummy's curse. You know, we knew this was going to happen. So, uh, Sir Bruce Ingham also dies uh, Howard uh, Carter, the archaeologist who discovered the tomb, gave a paperweight to his friend, and uh, this uh, Sir Bruce Ingham, and the paperweight uh, appropriately consisted of a, a mummified hand <laughs> wearing a bracelet, um, and the the bracelet said, "Curse be he who moves my body." Well, now this whoever was wearing this at the time uh, that came out of Tut's tomb, and that now also Pharaohs would have their servants buried with them as well. Uh, and you can imagine that the servants didn't conveniently die at the same time the Pharaoh did. So this could have been the Pharaoh's hand. It could have been a Pharaoh's, uh, it could have been a Pharaoh's servant's hand uh, that was for, for all intents and purposes murdered so that he may be buried along with the Pharaoh. Pharaohs were also looked on it. I mean, the Pharaoh was believed to be a God. So it could have been, you know, this, this servant was happily sacrificed to, to be able to go to go with his God into the grave and the afterlife and all that. But anyway, dude's got a paperweight made out of a dude's hand wearing this bracelet on it. And then his house burned to the ground. Not, not long after he got it. And then he tried to rebuild it and then it got hit with a flood and Ingram's like, okay, wait a second. Look, so I'm just going to get rid of this fucking thing. So somehow he gets rid of it. Um, so Ingham actually lived, but 
had some terrible shit go on until they got rid of this until they got rid of this hand. George J. Gould, Gould was a wealthy American financier and railroad executive who visited the tomb in 1923, fell sick almost immediately afterward, never really recovered, and died of pneumonia. Audrey Herbert, uh, Lord Carnarvon's uh, half brother, uh, suffered from King. It was um, Aubrey. Did I say Audrey? Aubrey Herbert was the king. Uh, was his uh, half brother? Um, and then it, apparently he died just by being related to George. Uh, he had a degenerative eye condition. He went blind late in life. Um, his rotten, infected teeth had somehow been interfering, interfering with his vision. He had every single tooth pulled from his head to regain his sight. It didn't work. He did, however, die of sepsis as a result of the surgery. Uh, and they believe that was uh, credited to the curse. Hugh Evelyn White. Evelyn White was a British archaeologist who visited the tomb and uh, may have helped excavate the site. But no one's really sure. Uh, after seeing death sweep over about two dozen of his fellow excavators by 1924, Evelyn White hung himself, but not before writing allegedly in his own blood. I have consumed, I have succumbed to a curse which forces me to disappear. So he killed himself that he attributed his suicide to the curse. Aaron Ember, uh, an American Egyptologist, uh, was friends with many of the people who were present when the tomb was open, including uh, the Lord uh, Carnarvon. Uh, Ember died in 1926 when his house in Baltimore burned uh, down less than an hour after he and his wife hosted a dinner party. He could have exited safely, but his wife encouraged him to stay with the manuscript he had been working on while she fetched their son. Sadly, uh, they and the family's maid died in the catastrophe. The name of uh, Ember's manuscript, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. So there's that. Uh, Richard, Richard Bethel. Bethel was uh, the Lord Carnarvon's secretary, this George Herbert's secretary, uh, the first person behind uh, Carter to enter the tomb. Uh, he died in 1929 under suspicious circumstances. He was found smothered to death in his room in a London gentleman's club. Interesting. Uh, Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, uh, proven that he didn't have to be one of the ex excavators or the expedition backers to fall victim. Reed, a radiologist, all he did was uh, x-ray the uh, mummified uh, King Tut. He got sick uh, the very next day and then died three days later, unexplained. Uh, John Henry Breasted, Breasted was a uh, another fem uh, famous Egyptologist. Uh, he was working with uh, Carter when the tomb was opened. Shortly thereafter, he allegedly returned home to find his pet canary had been eaten by a cobra. And the cobra was still in the cage since the cobra is a symbol of the Egyptian monarchy and a motif that kings wore on their headdresses to represent protection. This was a rather ominous sign. Breasted himself didn't die until 1935, although his death did occur immediately after a trip back to Egypt. And then, of course, Howard Carter himself. Carter uh, never had a mysterious, inexplicable illness, and his house never fell victim to any fiery disasters. He died of a lymphoma at the age of 64. His tombstone even says, May your spirit live. May you spend millions of years, you who love Thebes, sitting with your face to the north wind, your eyes beholding happiness. Perhaps the pharaohs saw fit to spare him, the, the one guy you'd think that would succumb to this curse. So now, 20 people linked to this, right? 19, uh, since uh, 1923, uh, opened it in 22, started taking stuff out in 1923. Everybody freaked out that thinking this curse was real as these people started dropping dead in London, especially these London newspapers, okay? One interesting thing 
and an interesting conspiracy theory. And I am sort of pushing through this because I know we're getting toward the end of the show, but I, I want to get this out because it's really cool. Uh, I suggest you look at the links on the, um, the show description. I suggest you look at the links on the show description uh, simply because really cool story. And then this right here factors in super, super weird. So at the time back then in the early 20s, there was Aleister Crowley. And if you're not familiar with Aleister Crowley in London, uh, he's uh, basically a big time Satanist. One of the first people to put forth, you know, satanic rituals, that type of thing. And a lot of what he used was uh, Egyptology um, iconography, Egypt or Egyptian, excuse me, uh, iconography. So. Uh, anything you could think of that you would see, you know, like Anubis, anything like that. He incorporated that into his essays and books and and things like that. So he also was in London and apparently was just furious that they had went into King Tut's tomb. They started taking these things out of it. You know, a lot of the stuff was shipped back to London. There's one guy who dove out his bedroom window on the seventh floor and killed himself and then, and then come to find out his entire, his entire apartment's full of these things. And actually I believe it was Herbert's dad, but anyhow, his, his whole apartment's full of all the, all these artifacts they had brought back from Egypt. So the, and then these other people, uh, Raul Loveday who died on January 16th, uh, or excuse me, February 16th, 1923, uh, was an Oxford undergraduate and a follower of Crowley's cult. And he died at a Sicilian Abbey. He died the same day, the very hour Carter's much publicized opening of King Tut's burial tomb was being opened. So the conspiracy theory is there's also this, uh, this prince, uh, from, Oh, where's he from the Philippines? But anyhow, so this prince dies. Apparently it, it, come to find out that his wife, uh, this Marie Marguerite, uh, they had been lovers, uh, and had had these like liaisons in Paris and stuff like that, that she was a follower of Crowley's. He had been to the tomb and it helped finance parts of the excavation. And then of course we talked about Aubrey Herbert who, who died, um, shortly after. And he's the one that, that, uh, uh, a routine uh, dental operation. He's the one that died there. Uh, who's the other guy? Oh, the 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 secretary guy. Um, who died at the the gentleman's club, who was smothered. A lot of these people believe that Crowley followers and Crowley himself committed these murders. Crowley himself killing these people in London because they had went in and they had desecrated some someone that he believed to be a God because he used this iconography and believed them to, to be Satan worshipers as well. So Lord Westbury is the guy that threw himself out the window, by the way, St. James apartment tossed himself out the window. And the belief is that Crowley actually went and visited him and threw him out the window himself. So here's this dude. Basically, is it the curse? 
or is it Crowley carrying out the curse because he believed it needed to be done? All these people died. Almost 30 people died. But you look, there's, what is it? There's six or seven of them right in London that could have easily been committed or com- committed by Crowley or committed by document documentation shows committed by his followers. So is the curse real? Does that make the curse real that this one crazy satanic dude would actually carry it out? Or does it make it less real just because this guy was pissed off? He believed himself to be a prophet of new age personal of new age. Excuse me. He believed himself to be a prophet of a new age of personal liberty controlled by the Egyptian God Horus. So it's one of the things he was projecting out there. One of the things he was preaching. Of course, he never talks about any of the, the, those killings in his diaries, but I mean, why would he? There's also a theory out there that Crowley was Jack the Ripper, or at least responsible for a couple copycat Jack the Ripper killings, which is something interesting to look up that you can find in this article that I'm going through. But super interesting stuff. And what what a hell of a 100-year-old conspiracy theory. These guys crack open this tomb. There's all this anxiety about, well, maybe this curse is real. And then you've got this half-baked Satan worshiper back in London willing to go ahead and carry it out. A lot of the stuff lines up. Like, how does the prince die? And then you accuse his wife or his lover. I shouldn't say that. You accuse the lover of doing it. Turns out she's a Crowley follower. And then she gets acquitted. So maybe Crowley was even in cahoots with the judge. Maybe the judge is a follower of Crowley's. And who smothers the guy at the fucking strip club? Could it have been a could it have been one of the girls? And she's dedicated to Crowley as well. And who the hell dies of of, of an infected mosquito bite? I mean, really, it's the 1920s. Don't get me wrong. I, I understand that there's been, you know, just just we're just light years ahead in medical technology now, a hundred years later. But even back then, I mean, you had basic antibiotics, right? I mean, did you have penicillin? When was that? When did they find penicillin? Let's Google that real quick. No, not till 28. Yeah. So what kind of antibiotics did they have? (laughs) Are you, are you bored yet? Antibiotics in 1920s. It's still that they talk about, they talk about penicillin. Emergence of penicillin in the 20s. Bloodletting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, medical texts from from antiquity all the way up until the 1940s talk about bloodletting. 
Really? So they didn't have antibiotics. I had no idea. Did you know? Or did you learn something right along with me? Should I have known that? That's cray. So yeah, maybe you do just die from an infected mosquito bite. Apparently what was going on is he was he was bitten. Um uh bitten somewhere on the face. He's shaving, cut it, ends up with an infection, kills him. Cray. Super cray, right? Anyway. So that's where we'll leave you. Again, links to all these articles are now going to be in the description for the show. So feel free to click on them, check them out, go read for yourself, research for yourself. Let me know what you think. Artcityparanormal at gmail.com. You can hit us up there. We'll include you in the, the email segment next week or whenever you may contact us. Uh, again, you can also contact us through social media. The easiest way to find it, just go to artcityparanormal.com. Click on any of the links there. And we've come to the end of another show. Episode 25 in the books. Done. Happy to be on our, or, or happy to be on iHeartRadio. Uh, happy that you're listening to us. Again, hit the subscribe button. Recommend us to your friends. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, if you smiled a little bit, if I made your commute any better, if you're listening to us in the car, but check out those links, uh, this week, your homework assignment, be safe, be happy, be healthy and have fun. Do something nice for somebody spread, spread smiles, go out and go out and spread smiles. Tell them they're doing a good job. Tell them you believe in them. Cheer somebody on. They probably need it. As effed up as everything is. They probably need it. Again, sincerely appreciate you listening. We've got an investigation this weekend. Hopefully you'll be able to see us on social media a little bit doing that. If you don't, until episode 26, I'm Kyle. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Until then, stay weird, everybody. <laughs>